Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AGF Plastering with myself, Steve Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 258. Thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. We genuinely appreciate you taking the time to listen. I think uh, having some shorter shows as well at the moment uh, often helps her coming in uh, under the hour mark. But this week, don't think that's going to be the case. We've got one game to review, Mansfield from Saturday. And joining us later in the show, uh, probably going to be at the end actually, is former Orient CEO and current director of the club, Matt Porter. But let's kick off the show. And as always, a word from our sp- uh, podcast sponsor. Yeah, so our podcast sponsor are AGF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company who cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is that they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you're interested, there's lots of ways to get in contact with Adam and the team. You can visit their website at www.agfplastering.co.uk or you can email the team at agfplastering at outlook.com or if you're on social media there's various sites to capture the boys attention on Facebook and on Instagram you can visit agfplastering very simple there and if you're on Twitter go and look up big ads with a Z LOFC and you'll find head honcho Adam Francis' profile to give him a message should you need anything from AJF Plastering. Well done, lovely. So, quick word from the supporters club just to tell you about some of the visits, the away trips that they've got uh, coaches running for. Port Vale next Saturday, the 2nd of October, leaving at half past nine from the supporters club. Fares are £37. We read this out last week, but just as a memory refresh, adults, uh, that's the adult price. Concessions are £34 and kids uh, aged 15 or under are just £19. Barrow, the following Saturday, the 9th of October, that leaves at 7. That is a big old journey, that one. Adult fares are £43, £40 the concessions, and children aged 15 or under are just £22. And Rochdale, on the 13th of November, that leaves at 8 o'clock in the morning from the supporters club, as usual. Fares for that, £38 for adults, £35 concessions. Um, And just to remind you, as if we probably shouldn't really need to have to do that but those prices do not include your match day ticket so to get on any of those trips uh, to book in you need to call 07507 539 579 and that's a new number uh, just in case you didn't recognize it so that's 07507 539 579 yeah so just one bit of AOB this week a big shout out to Chris Richardson he ran the Hackney Half Marathon earlier today. And also to friend of the podcast, Graham Levy, who took part in the Cancer Research Shine Walk last night, which was Saturday night, raising a whopping £1,300. Well done to both Chris and Graham. I done 4K last Sunday and was mullered for about you know the yeah. next four days. So well done, gents. Uh, amazing work. Well done to you both. Yeah, absolutely well done. Um, And good to see you yesterday in the shop as well, Chris. Uh, Always good to chat. So let's move on then. 
the yeah. week that was. Happy Monday is the 20th of September. Well done to Harry Smith, who was named in the Sky Bet League 2 Team of the Week following his performance against Bristol Rovers. Always good to see an O in the Team of the Week. thought there might have been one or two more in there, considering how well some of the team yeah. played. Tom James in particular. Yeah, stand out. had an amazing game, didn't make um, the Team of the Week. But look at us. Complaining about Orion players not in the team. Refreshing change, eh? Love it. Love yeah, to see absolutely. it. Absolutely. To Who Tuesday then, the 21st of September, was Happy Josh Coulson Day. Caught that late in the day, should have been a bit more on that, but yeah, we caught it in time. We certainly did. I do miss a Josh Coulson song. I do. I did used to love singing that one, but there you go. Wednesday, the 22nd of September, a very quiet day at the club and no news to report. And two birthdays on Thursday, the 23rd of September, Sam Sargent turned 24 and Loney Tyrese Matoyi turned 19. So we both hope you chaps had a good one, and I both hope I hope you both bought in some decent cakes. Sam's at Barnet, mate, so... So he wouldn't have done. Well, hopefully he took cake, some good cakes into Barnet, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that uh, Joe Widdison and uh, Jamie Turner yeah. uh, and probably Jordan Thomas, uh, all XOs there, would have uh, been clucking for a decent cake. <laughs> also on Thursday, we'd like to congratulate everyone at the club as the Football Business Awards were held and the club won the Sponsorship Partnership of the Year for their work with Harry Kane. So fantastic work yeah, there. Well, well done. done to Danny, Josh, all the team behind that superb work and great exposure, more great exposure for Leighton Orient. have to say, we punch well above our weight in terms of exposure. We are a League 2 club. I'm not seeing any other club in League 2 getting the sort of exposure that we get. And actually, this, as a side note, is exceptional uh, that, that, that you know there are other clubs that I don't know what they're doing or how they're doing it. They're probably doing great work as well. But actually, as a League 2 club that you're not overlooked, uh, it is tremendous. Nothing to report from the club uh, on Kenny Friday the 24th of September. So let's crack on and move to Saturday the 25th of September then. Yeah, so in the morning, the youth team were in action away to Luton Town in the Youth Alliance Cup and the O's... Unluckily, lost the game for free with the O's goals coming from Pegram, Soji, and Tanga. So, unlucky there to the young O's Luton. I mean, Championship Club, great youth setup. I think we beat them. No, we drew one all of them last, last week, week. Yeah. in the league. So, no disgrace losing a cup game for a free team. Unlucky young O's. Absolutely. So, let's move on then to the main event of the day, which was Mansfield Town at home. And as always, on the Thursday before the game, we run a Twitter poll to find out how you think we're going to get on in this match. And we had just only 198 votes in 24 hours, but 9% of that thought that we'd lose it, 15% thought we'd draw, and the whopping 76% thought we'd win. And I must be honest, although I didn't vote, I was in the win camp. I thought there yeah. was a guaranteed. I even put a bet on, which I don't ever normally do, because <laughs> I thought I missed out on Oldham. I didn't do it on Oldham, but I thought we'd win. It's always Definitely it's always these yeah. games. Some of the predictions uh, in our prediction league that we'll come on to post match were absolutely mentalist. Yeah. I know we've been playing well, but it's always uh, you. The second you start getting too confident, it's the second you start getting <laughs> yeah. found out. So it's complacency <laughs> at its at, finest. Yeah, and Orient fans love a bit of complacency when yeah. things are going well. So at two p.m. the team was announced with Lawrence Vigaru in goal, back of uh, Tom James, Alex Mitchell, Omar Beckles, Shadowgi, and Connor Wood with Darren Prattley and Craig Clay in the middle of midfield, with Aaron Drennan, Theo Archibald and Harry Smith up top. And on the bench were Byrne, Happy, Papadopoulos, Kiprianu, Kemp, Amatoi 
And Royal City. You struggled a bit there, mate, didn't you? Um, Every the, time, Joe, I used to be able to say that name easily. And the more he, the more exposure he's getting, the more difficult I find it to say. <laughs> you got a nervous tick. That lineup <laughs> saw one enforced change as Dan Happy was replaced by Shadrach Ogiers. Mansfield had several injury concerns amongst their squad and had only two of their eight league fixtures and had one, sorry, only two of their eight league fixtures this season. We obviously welcome back strikers Danny Johnson and Jordan Bowery as well. And I have to... Yeah, no, go on, your, your views on that? Uh, minimal changes, which I think is now going to be what we see each Correct. week. I don't think much tinkering. Like the 13-14 season where he literally didn't change the team from one week to the yeah, next. Yeah, what I will say, I knew that we were going to do something like this where... I think it was Kenny spoke about Dan Happy being fine for Saturday's game, being fit, and in surprise, surprise, Shadogi ends up in the uh, in the starting eleven. So, a bit of a bluff there from Kenny. Uh, sad to see Happy out, but Shad, you know what a player to bring in at the moment. Yeah. And already, he's won like two of our Hero of the Week awards. Not yeah. barring this week that we'll come on to later. Um, Spoiler in, in the episode, <laughs> but Shad's been amazing. And when you think yeah. you got Adam Thompson to come back as well, you go, you've got really good headaches to have in the central defensive position so no no surprises for me in that one the only surprise was for me that Dan Happy wasn't playing because I'd forgotten that he'd picked up an injury I hadn't heard Kenny's interview so when I predicted my team I had Dan Happy in I either thought it was either one or two things I can't exactly remember it was either he was going to be fine because the injury last week he was alright from or one of the things I just completely forgot he was injured so yeah no surprises for me there Um, he was he was warming up pre-match he was on the bench so obviously it's not as bad as suspected so yeah otherwise as you would expect yeah absolutely lots of tweets came in to us at Orient Outlook we're just going to read two that came in Len Chin Chin one said although Mansfield are short of a few players they pose a real threat we'll need a positive start again good defending no mistakes or penalties. We have a strong side starting. Yeah, Chris Coe, uh, 566 said, strong start in 11, happy with that? Yeah, I think most O's fans would have been happy with the starting 11. So Mansfield got the game underway. The O's were looking to build on an impressive start to the season. And we won our first corner in the eighth minute following some decent build-up play involving Aaron Drin and a few Archibald. Uh, but from the low delivery, the corner didn't come to anything. Yeah, fast forward then to the 14th minute as we registered our first shot on target. Tom James's expert through pass found Aaron Drinnen, who drove forward and the ball eventually came to Craig Clay, whose shot was easily saved uh, by their goalkeeper. Yeah, 17th minute in, a bit of chaos in the iron box as the ball eventually fell to Rawson, who took it on the volley. Vigaru, in a decent position, caught the ball fairly easily. Yeah, that was that was good there. The ever-dangerous Harry Smith headed wide from a superb Tom James delivery in the 21st minute. Yeah, we weren't creating much, but every time we were going forward, we did look like we might be able to, yeah. to break their back line. Big, big penalty shot. First of a few in this game in the 27th minute as Hewitt used his arm to control the ball in the box after the ball bounced upon it. The referee looked... But he said no to the fury of Brisbane Road. Now, I can't, I've not seen any of these penalty incidents back that we're going to talk about. So no, I can't quite snap. remember. So I can't honestly say if I think, remember that being a penalty or not. I think the first one, I was like, no, that's not a penalty. He's not going to give it. Because you knew already the ref wasn't going to give something unless it was 100% nailed on. Mm. And with stuff like that, it's always going to be a 50 50 call. We've seen him giving like Omar Beckles because he did the penalty uh, at Carlisle. And then we've seen him not given at other places. But you, you knew yesterday's ref wasn't going to give it unless it was absolutely nailed on. And for me, anyway, without seeing it back, I don't think that was. 
Okay. Yeah, can't really say. I mean, at the time, I just remember sat looking at his it. arm. Yeah, and yeah. just going, "That he's, he's handled." It. And we're in the south stand, and that happened in the in the box of the of the you know towards the north stand. If I remember rightly, he was travelling from sort of west to east, and he's kind of controlled it with his arm. So, anyway, yeah. Until we see that back, we don't yeah. really know. Apparently, he's a only. This is his first season that referee in the second. In the, I think or second I season. I think it was second. Lead. Yeah. Um, so then the second O's corner of the game came in the 31st minute as Mansfield cleared the ball but we kept the pressure and there was another penalty shout as Prattley's shot hit the arm of Hewitt and again the referee just wasn't interested and I made a note it's two clear penalty shouts we've had that the referee's just not interested in I so. think that one might have been more spot nailed on for me than the first one but again without seeing it back yesterday feels like an awful long time yeah, ago does, after you've yeah. been to a, a nine year old sleepover party 13 it was my daughter's, 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 yeah. daughter's by the way just to be clear <laughs> 39th minute then Harry Smith won his header despite being challenged by several Mansfield players his flick on came to Aaron Drinnan in the box, sat up beautifully for the half volley, connected with it really nicely, but big old Mansfield defender got in the way for a corner that came to nothing. That was, that was the best chance for us in the first half. Yeah. But Mansfield, to be fair, who I thought hadn't defended greatly this season from watching Quest and the goals they've been conceding, yeah. Yeah. actually looked a lot more organised than what I'd seen them previously um, and were actually fighting for their shirt. So, you knew it was going to be a hard team to break down by this point. They were just throwing their bodies on the line for everything and putting 11 behind the ball, ball. going, right, come yeah. in and break us down. And getting stuck in and saying, yeah, come yeah. at us. Yeah, scores that, game changes. Oh, absolutely. Especially going in at half-time. So two minutes of time were added on and played out. The referee brought the half, the half to a close with the game goalless as it stood. Yeah, so attendance was announced at 5,252 with 347 away fans. There was no way there was 4,000 empty seats in that stadium yesterday. Not a Scooby. It was just too busy to have 4,000 empty seats. I think it's to do with the ticket system not counting people or whatever, but I, feel, I thought it was more than that. Paul, there was quite a few in the East, but not 4,000. Remember, the section that they're in is 1,500 and they only had 347. Yeah, possibly. I thought there was more than 5,200. South felt busy, West looked busy, North looked much busier than what I'd previously seen yeah. in the season and the East was very busy in like the Orient block that they'd cramming all the fans in. So, yeah, we'll see. Paul, at underscore LT2P tweeted us at half time. So the strong front runner for the worst ref we have had this season. And the lino on the east side is the worst. W Smith125 said, Poor half all round, neither team doing anything. Could be different if the refereeing wasn't so abysmal. Steve, there's, a, yeah. there's a theme here. Come on, Fred. Stephen Orient what an incompetent ref the EFL have appointed. Picky about exact spot for throws, but missing crucial fouls mm. and now allowing their left back to throw from where he chooses. We need to sharpen up. And Clay needs to wake up. That's a very good point. He was being really picky about where the dead balls and the fr- yeah. throws were being taken from. LOFC Teresa said the ref was awful. Lino's not much better. Mansfield played dirty and DJ Wingin. Let's take this game in the second half. Yeah, so no changes at half-time for the O's. And a quick counter-attack was led by a brilliant Craig Clay through ball in the 47th minute. Played in Amadrid and really nicely. Who shot well wide from a decent position. Now that is a great counter-attack and this is shown in the highlights but he's rushed that and he's snatched at that and that has gone into the south stand when he should at least be hitting the target or squaring it. You know what he's done wrong for me and I, I noticed this on the replay. Clay does brilliantly right, plays a great ball. Aaron Julian's first touch is pants. Watch it back. The ball mm. bounces. That was Archibald last week. I think I spoke about Archibald's first touch before the Bristol Rovers goal where he just gets the best touch on it and it sits up beautifully for him and he doesn't have to do much. Julian's first touch takes him away from the goal and makes him run towards if his first touch is any decent, 
he just controls it and take him on to it. His first touch completely takes the ball away from goal and he's mm. on his wrong foot and the ball's moving away. Um, but really poor. I mean, I can't have a go at Jordan too much. I think he's been excellent this season. Yeah. But not, not one of his finer moments, shall we say. So, that chance went and gone. Mansfield had a spell of pressure as they camped in our box for a couple of minutes. They won two corners that came to nothing. Yeah, Kenny Jackett had seen enough in the 55th minute and made a change. Hector Kiprianu came on and replaced Craig Clay. I didn't see anything from Craig that meant he should have been substituted. So No, not as far as I know. Can't be tactical because it's literally like for like. Yeah, I think Hector might be able to drive you forward more, get the pitch a bit quicker, a bit more attacking intent, I think. But yeah, there was certainly no injury to Craig Clay and there's certainly no change in shape. So yeah, yeah, last season I'd have agreed with you, but I think Craig is now in the position where he drives forward. I mean, uh, Prattley was also getting forward and, and sort of camping within... Uh, you know, just outside their box, but I think Craig's done. Craig's done a lot this season to drive forwards and, and get us higher up the pitch and keeping us there. But yeah, so unless I've missed something, yeah, fifty-seven. And then Aaron Drinnen was fouled just outside the Mansfield box. The referee awarded us free kick, a great position. Tom James took it. His effort went higher above the goal into the south stand. That was really disappointing. Actually, yeah. there was a few of them over it. I think it was Theo James and maybe another player was looking at it and you thinking, come Words on here. Nothing. And they done the old running over the ball anticipation, and I think James now all expecting miracles from every week. considering how good he's been. Yeah. So a bit disappointing to see the ball fly over, not not hit the target. From Agree. The yeah. Theo Archibald went very close in the sixty-first minute as Aaron Drinham found him with a superb pass, but his shot went agonisingly across and wide of the Mansfield goal. That was a good attack, I think, because that yeah. was the attack that woke the crowd up. I think until then, it had been a bit quiet. But yeah, then, a bit flat. You could see they were giving a bit more, and then the crowd, or certainly the South Stand crowd, seemed to respond to that, and suddenly the ground became really noisy, and it had the right effect yeah. um, on the players. And shortly after, a superb counter-attack again, down the right of Junin. So him advanced towards the Mansfield box. He squared the pass, and the on-running James was running to the ball. He took a shot first time. It was pretty tame, straight at Bishop, who held it, a massive chance wasted. And Archibald was lurking just behind Tom James. And if James had have left it, that would have been 1-0 um, all day long. But Tom James needs to have done a bit better there. I'm amazed that Theo does Obviously, that's right in front of us. And Theo didn't call leave it. You think, like, you'd expect him to shout leave it because yeah. he was in acres of space with no one there. And you'd rather have Theo, no disrespect to Tom James, you'd rather have Theo Archibald with a one-on-one than a Tom James running onto a ball. Although right? that would have been Theo's right foot and Tom James hit it with his right. He just didn't do enough. He should have scored, Tom James. He should have at least been testing the keeper a lot better than what he was. Yeah. But I think if he leaves that, I'd fancy Theo in his current form to put that in the back of the net. So that was a massive chance that wasted. That keeper's on loan from Manchester United, Nathan Bishop. Oh, he? Yeah. Because well, Reese Otley, who used to be our goalkeeping coach, was there yesterday as well. And I think he's done some work with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair shout. Hope Reese as well, if he's listening. 70th minute, another counter-attack, this time led by Theo Archibald, got us a corner, came to nothing. So at this point, crowd well up for it. We were looking like if there's one team to go and win it, it would be us. But yeah. it was turning into one of those days, wasn't it? We're definitely on the ascendancy here and, and, and the pressure is mounting on them. 72 minutes on the clock then. Second Orient sub as Aaron Drinham was replaced by Ruel Satoriu. And a minute later, there was a huge penalty shout as Ruel was shoved over inside the Mansfield box. And again, the ref said no. Now, that happened right in front of us. And I can see their defender's arms shoving him forwards to the ground. I don't think the referee had had as good a view, obviously. But that is a blatant penalty if I've ever seen one. Even my godson, who 
who um, that's his first Orient game that he came to. He's like, how how has that not been given? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's the Lino show. I, I don't know whether it's too far away. away. That's what well, Lino, the Lino's got to be making the call there. But I think first of all, I was really surprised to see Trillian come off for real. I didn't think that I was going to happen. Right. I've, I thought he was good, Aaron. We have a the kid, not kid, he's about mid twenties now. A guy who sits behind us was like, "Oh, he's gonna have to make a sub here." And I said, "Kenny doesn't make subs for the sake of making subs. He makes subs when the time's right." So I don't think he'll change anything. We were on his ascendancy. Most things were coming down the right through Drennan. For Drennan, so yeah. I was I was quite surprised to see Drennan taken off for real. I agree. And in terms of the penalty, again, I'd like to see it back. There's definitely contact, but maybe oh, blatant to contact. You. Did look for it, did throw himself down a bit too quickly, but again, unless literally they're getting chopped their legs down, yeah, he was never going to give it. Really frustrating there. Seventy-six minute in, so close again as Rusatu did well to hold off his man. He got a crossing, and the ball went across the six-yard box, begging to be turned in, but neither Harry Smith or Theo Archibald could get a touch onto it. Yeah, dipping shot from Theo Archibald stung Bishop's palms in the 82nd minute. Good effort there. That was swerving all over the place, wasn't it? Bishop Dunwell, to be fair to him. Yeah, Just a minute later, Theo Archibald was brought down while defending against Sinclair after a long ball from Mansfield, just right in the left-hand side of the pitch, down to our end. While he was down, a little tussle. I think Theo Archibald does grab Sinclair's legs. He holds his leg, Holds yes. his leg. That was exactly what he's, what he's doing. doing. Sinclair kicks out. Bit of argy-bargy. Ref took an eternity to find his red card or even figure out what had happened. Spoke to the Lino before pulling out a red card. Got to say, Phil Archibald goes down like he's been shot in the face. Barely touched, but well played for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his Conda decision there. But I mean, to, uh, Ty, uh, Sinclair shouldn't be doing that that kind of thing. Least of all in front of of the uh, what are you doing, the Lino. Yeah. It's like you need to sort yourself out there, kid. Eighty-seven minutes on the clock. A good ball from Ruel Satoru who played in Tom James, who went down very very easily just inside well not just inside just by the byline inside the 18 yard box referee wasn't impressed and quickly ran over to book him for simulation and that meant that that was his fifth yeah. yellow card of the season and so he gets suspended for next week's trip to Port Vale very yeah. silly very silly of him there to do that big, but big miss yeah yeah, really big miss there yeah 89th minute heavy O's pressure all us at this point as we were camped in the Mansfield area Eventually, Cross came in and Rules flicked, diving header, came off the outside of the post and went out for a goal kick. Yeah, I might be a bit harsh saying this, but I'm like, at the time I was like, how has he not scored that when you're in front of goal? It's like he's just the width, the post, the width of a post away from getting us something from this game that we actually deserve. Not to say that Tom James shouldn't have done that, not to say that Drinan shouldn't have done that, not to say that Theo shouldn't have done that earlier, not to say that we shouldn't have had two or three penalties. Um, but he'd be very disappointed. Substitute comes on, ends up scoring the winner. That's like he doesn't Saturday afternoon fairy tales. He doesn't really head it. He kind of like smashes his side of his face against it. He doesn't connect with it right. I think if he if he gets a decent connection with it, he hits the maybe. Yeah, and if that's probably Harry Smith, he's probably scoring the form Harry Smith's in. But it was just, at that point you just knew it was going to be a nil nil game, regardless of what was going to happen. But seven minutes of additional time and up on the board and. Lapsley looked to be through on goal uh, after a little mistake from Omar Beckles but a vital interception came from Shadogi who was having another very Amazing. strong game at the back for the O's and a minute later the O's went close as the ball came up to Theo Archibald it's one of those where the ball bounced up and Theo had his eyes on it like he's going to volley this from close range and almost getting ready to celebrate a goal he hit the body fairly well but Bishop done well in the match for a goal saved the ball and the chance was gone I thought I fully expected him to score that 
because it was dipping, like you saw him like with his eyes on it for about two seconds, I was like, he's going to smash his in. But a decent save there. Yeah, absolutely. The full-time whistle went shortly after as both teams took a share of the points after a goalless 90 minutes. Yeah, so Kenny Jackett spoke to Dave Victor after the match. That's been on YouTube now for well over 24 hours. So we're not going to play any of that interview here, but thanks to Dave, as always, for sending the interview over. And if you do want to go and watch that, that is available on the club's official YouTube channel. So the league table then... That draw sees us remain in second place in League Two. We've now played nine, won four, drawn four, lost one, with a goal difference of plus nine, 16 points. Four points behind for us, Green Rovers, in first. Most of the top mm. teams yesterday in League Drew. Two ended up drawing. Port um, Vale beats Gunthorpe. Yeah, we'll have to talk about Port Vale um, shortly. But yeah, it could have been a lot worse based on the results yeah, yesterday. So, absolutely. So bad. yeah, we're keeping traction with, with the top end of the table yeah, which is where um, you need to be it's a bit of Lejande your yep. views on yesterday's game yeah we did everything but score stating the obvious there okay. Kenny said first half was cagey inclined to agree with him on that uh, I think Mansfield set themselves up just not to get beat uh, which is always very difficult I don't think they really came to, to give us much of a game I think the thing everyone's got to realise now is that Leighton Orient are up there right with some of We're the best marked teams team. yeah. right so when Mansfield, who are 20th in League 2, are coming to the team who are second place in League 2. The game plan isn't going to be, we'll just attack them for everything you've got and, and pray that they don't score. It's yeah. going to be, sit back, be hard to beat, be organised and try and nick a goal, which is mm-hmm. exactly what they were yesterday, which is what's going to happen a lot more through the season if we keep smashing teams 4-0 at home and 3-1 away. The teams are going to go, actually, they've got three front players who are on fire, just don't let them get behind you, just sit back and let them try and break you down. Yeah. Don't, don't try and take them off because that's not going to work. That's what's going to happen, I think. Yeah, exactly. Second half, we dominated much more. We kind of played how we wanted to play. We weren't kind of yeah. drawn into their game plan too much as well. Lots of creativity coming from lots of different players. It's always good to see. Uh, in tight games, we just need to make sure we're more clinical. Mm. That's the difference between yeah. going up and not going up. You know, getting that really tight game but nicking a 1-0 out of it. Um, so, yeah, you know, all, all, all good though. Clean sheet, Lawrence Figueroa. I can't even remember him having to do one catch, anything. That one, one catch, catch in the first half, yeah. He's had nothing to do. Um, because of our lack of you know, being clinical, I think it's a couple of points dropped. Okay. I think, I think that that's, that's a kind of game where, yeah, if we are more, we need to be more clinical. I'm not saying we're going to win every single game. That's just not going to happen. But where we've created what we've created, you're getting no help from the referee. You know, the one or two clear-cut chances that we had you know I think we you've got to be burying them and although Ruel came on Ruel came on and did well he was a nuisance in the box he never stood still I'm not sure he had the impact Kelly Jacket wanted and I thought Drinnen looked more dangerous mm. so I'm and I, again in that as we discussed earlier I'm not sure why Hector came on for Craig Clay who I think has done well so far this season so the, the, the substitutions I don't quite understand they're like literal like almost like for like and I don't understand what the thought process was behind that um, and I'm going to say it I don't get why people booed Danny Johnson when he got subbed um, he doesn't play for us anymore he was doing what he does for the greater good of his his new team but he did really well for us his goals were vital and pivotal for us for having a better season uh, than we we would have done if we didn't have his goals so I respect his decision to leave and like our guest later in the show said on the last time he was on our show you have to respect the fact that these guys aren't on Premier League money. They're going to go where there's a good contract yeah. for them. Uh, you might not agree with them going to that club. You might think that club's a lesser club than us. 
But at the end of the day, there's a lot of factors that will fit into them making that decision. It won't always be a pound note. It will be on closer to family or because of this or because of that or what, whatever. You know, if he, even if he's on the same money as Orient offered him, but he's living in a cheaper area, arguably his life quality will be better. And like these guys are on, what, a grand, £1,500 a week, £1,800 maybe top end. It's not, it's good money, but it's not Premier League or Championship life-changing money. So, yeah, I've got, I laboured the point a bit, but yeah, just don't <laughs> understand why people, people boo it. But yeah, so that's all, all in all. Look, we're second in the league still. We're, we're unbeaten. Uh, we've only lost one game this season in the league. Happy days. Yeah, for me, yeah, a game I think we've just fell short ultimately, but I think, like you said, got to be clinical. In a game of not many clear chances, mm. when you do get them, you have to take them. Another yeah. day, Drinan has a much better first touch, puts that in the back of the net. Another day, Tom James takes that free kick, it hits the back of the net. Another day, two connects with his header. And James connects better with And them, they all yeah. go in. So I thought we played well in parts. Definitely wasn't coming away from the ground going, like, you know, we played rubbish, we played as well as I think what we've seen at points. I thought Shadogi again. Got to commend that young man for being an absolutely superb defender. Well played, Shad. Thought James, I've got to say, I thought Tom James was a bit wasteful at points yesterday. He's been great this season, but a few of his passes were a bit skew if and a few things didn't work out here mm. and there. I thought Kenny's post match, we've kind of told people to go and watch on YouTube, was really good actually. He could have stood there and berated the ref for five minutes and said, Oh, the referee didn't do this and didn't do that. Didn't say that at all. He went, The referee didn't give that. However, we need to make sure if he doesn't give that stuff like that, we need to put ourselves in better positions to take advantage of what's happening. So I thought Kenny was spot on there. I really like what he had to say yeah. there. Like you, I don't really get booing DJ. All he's going to do is wind up an ex-player who should look back fondly of his memories at Leighton Orient, but will probably be sitting there tonight going, those fans are a bunch of whatever's, you know, I gave bunch them a horrible half. Yeah, yeah, so don't really get that. Um, so for me, I look at it as a point gained, actually. I think I think it's a bit too early in the season to go, well, that was two points dropped because you don't know what you're dropping them against. Um, but I get the people who are thinking it's dropped but if that was the team from potentially last season we've seen teams do that in terms of breakaway against us with 90 minutes left go down the other end and nick the goal, nick a goal and make yeah. it 1-0 so it, yeah. could, it could have been a lot worse so I, I, I'm not overly disappointed at the point and I didn't. I never thought it would be like a 5-1 sorry Adam Parks it was never going to be a 5-1 to Leighton Orient yesterday and, but there were many predictions like that like 5-1 4-0 5-0 you're like not every game's going to be like that there was mm. no way that was ever going to happen so yeah disappointing not to win but it could be a lot worse absolutely agree so those were our views uh, your views we had a huge amount of feedback after this match so thanks to everyone who took the time to send their views into our social media accounts, which, as you probably know by now, are sponsored by estate agents Town and Country Hearts and Essex. They're at Hearts Town uh, on Twitter, H-E-R-T-S Town. Or also you can contact one of the main people there, Charlie Paul. It's at Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, underscore Paul, P-O-O-L-E. And again, we're going to try and read out as many... Uh, tweets as we possibly can but just because we read them it doesn't mean that we agree with them and we kick off this week with Trousers Techno who said a good performance against an uncompromising Mansfield Town we got stronger as the game went on but just couldn't find that bit of quality to finish them off should have been at least one penalty for us but the ref was poor and didn't give a clear handball onwards we go yeah Richie J Bourne said did it all but score against a team who will be fighting for promotion should have had a penalty but that's how it goes I mean I guess I think we were saying it in our kind of pre-season pod. Mansfield Town signed Danny Johnson, Ollie Hawkins, signed a guy from non-league who started. They've they got Jordan Bowery who scored for fun two years ago. 
that's a decent front line, and they didn't. Nathan Bishop in goal didn't even people. trouble our defence yeah. until yesterday. So you know, not bad. Ewan Carter, twenty-three, said, "Bit of a frustrating afternoon. Should have had a penalty, but it is what it is. Almost nicked it in the end, though." However, I do think it's two points dropped as Forest Green, Northampton and Harrogate all drew their games. Move on to the next. Still plenty of games to play. But you mentioned those players. They've only won two games this season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, record blew it. So the game of the dark arts. Not a classic, but it's a better second half by us. Never really opened up as a free-flowing contest. You'll get these kind of games this season. Yeah, I guess the kind of games where it's been free-flowing, right, where we've just had kind of been pinging the ball around. It's been great to watch, but... Like we yeah, said, I think, not I think like that. it's not going to be like that. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, not. Paul Skinner, 88, said, um, bloody good considering we were playing against 14. There were no words left for that ref. First half was okay. Second half was good. Absolutely should have won. Boats, it's so frustrating when you were playing against a team who right from the start wanted a point and the officials helped them to get that. At least it's a point gained and we still remain in the promotion spots. But yeah, like I said... They came for the point and they got that. So yeah. Nigel Clough will be sitting there going, my tactics Job were a treat because yeah. they don't what I want them to do. We didn't lose. Yeah, absolutely. Basically. Dan Alton2590 said, we weren't great but we weren't terrible either. First half was a bore fest and considering how the second half went, it's disappointing we couldn't find that winner. Lack of quality in the final third today and Satoru has to score that chance. Referee in the linos, all an absolute joke. Parksy, 1881, so the Oracle's <laughs> run is over. That's in reference to him, I think, getting the last two predictions, yeah. right? Played their game in the first half, but played our game in the second and should have had at least two or three. Mounts would have got what they wanted, which was not to lose. James will be a big miss for next Saturday. Ogie is a superstar and we move on. Pandemonium, 1881, said, Chances to score, overall not a bad performance, but not your usual slick selves. Not our usual slick sell, sorry. However, if you're going to play 12 men with 11 employing tactics you see from a Division 5 team over the marshes, then what do you expect? The ref and Mansfield Town, you were an utter embarrassment. I think he's referring to their time-wasting <laughs> tactics there. It was a bit embarrassing. Yeah, Alpha 2 underscore O underscore Amiga says, rather dull and uneventful first half. Much better after the break. The only incontrovertible fact is that the referee was abysmal. One stonewall penalty not given and persistent shirt pulling on Smith not penalised. Mm. That's a good point about the shirt pulling yeah. on Smith. Some of it was absolutely ludicrous. Shameful. it didn't come off. There was one point where the guy literally had it above his head like he was about to give him a, a it's not a wedgie, but you know, like pulling the shirt over. A version of yeah. that for a shirt, yeah. Went on to say, chances to win it late in the game, but luck wasn't with us. Really, QB9 said, so close all match, just one of those days. Don't think we got after them enough in the first half, though. We were a bit timid. They were there for the taking, but set for a nil-nil from the start. Bit disappointing, but nothing to panic about. Yeah, dear Stuce, is total something housery from Mansfield. <laughs> for a team that had a lot of money thrown at them, they're utterly poor. Just didn't run for us today. And going to get matches like that, as long as we don't lose, which we would have done previously, Shad, fantastic. Yeah, that housery comment is absolutely spot on. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Sunshine LOFC said, I fancy Ogie is going on to great things. Another excellent performance today. Not a single player had a bad game today and all deserve credit. Very clearly the better team over 90 minutes. Mansfield are no more than spoilers and ugly ones at that. Finally, why on earth was anyone decided to boo Danny Johnson? Question mark. Absolute stupidity of the highest level. He did well for us and who can blame him for moving nearer his family? Fair Not, comment. Yeah, Lormat, 59. So the Times, it looked like all in wrestling. Only one team trying to play football. Nigel Clough and his staff in the ear of the fourth official all game. I mean, I don't 
obviously sitting in the south, didn't watch it, but yeah. good spot. Such a blatant handball as well near the end, but pleased with a point to keep us near the top. Vince Howard, 73, said, really unlucky not to have won that. Threw the kitchen sink at them at the end, but wasn't to beat. As for the ref, seemed more interested in making sure throw-ins were taken in the precise place than actually watching for fouls. Crazy, crazy. Stephen Orient says, frustrating. We did not seem particularly sharp. Would have liked Kemp on for 20 when they were clearly struggling. Mansfield Town family, mm. plenty of noise considering how few there were. Their team may be settling in, but not up to play football at the moment, despite... The highest spent. I mean, that's a good that's point a good about shout, Kemp. Kemp. Well, yeah. Kemp. I mean, we we had a tweet. Somebody I can't remember the guy's name. Fortunately, uh, pinged us in an article that he wrote about thinking Kemp should go out on yes. loan yeah. to get games on. And I was like, no, don't don't be silly. Like we, we need Dan Kemp. Yeah. However, Dan Kemp cannot get any anywhere near the team. You imagine when Paul Smith come back, Paul Smith will get more game time than Dan Kemp. I would imagine just based on Kemp it seems to be a number ten. Or you don't have play a number 10 position. No. You have an 11, a 7, a 9. That, that's your front three. And then you have like a 6 and an 8, if you will, like at the back or a 4 and an 8. There is no number 10. No. So he's available should we need to change formation. But at the moment... It what, seems that 3-5-2 is how it's going to be. Why are you going to change formation five, when, you, when you keep smashing yeah. teams? You know, yeah. Kent must be sitting there going, what am I going to do here? Because beginning of the season, given the number 10 shirt as well, so getting a better shirt... Easily one of our better players towards the back end of last season. We all expected him to be like a big pivotal player for us this season. Yeah. Must be sitting on the bench going, what, what have I got to do to get on? And maybe seeing Satiri get on over him, I'd be sitting there going, what? Eh? Mm. Interesting one, Dan Kemp. But Very good point about Mansfield Town's fans as well. They were quite loud. That drummer didn't stop didn't stop drumming for like the entirety of the second half. I do like half. a drum. Yeah. I do like it. It does add some atmosphere. I remember when we went to Leicester away when we were in the same division. <laughs> as the away fans, we were placed... I or well, my seat was literally next to the home end, and they got a, a platform for a guy to put his drum on. So yeah. he's got a massive drum, this geezer, and it was just all noise. Yeah, it was. I, I think it adds a great dimension to it. Ian Hutchinson zero eight tweeted in. He said we deserve the win more than Mansfield deserved the draw, which is I think is a good point. Good point. Still another point gained, and with Forest Green Rovers drawing, also we were still where we were. Sorry, also, we are still where we started. Four points off the top spot. We look so much a better team when we get the ball down and play quick attacking football. And Ogie was my man of the match. Chef Kemp once a diabolical standard of refereeing. I can't fault the lads as they gave it their all. It was a very frustrating game. Extra credit has to go out to the defenders for keeping DJ quiet as I expected him to score today. We'll get over this game and only get stronger. I mean, DJ was very quiet. It was quite nice, actually. Except when he whinged at the ref. Molly Folly 2019 <laughs> said simply, if that game is refereed with a modicum of competence, we win that easy. First half, he allowed Mansfield's tactics to disrupt the flow, and we are not given the most clear cut penalty I've ever seen. Really good second half in which we did everything but score. Strong point. Yeah, Stassi Stassi says from the start, they did a brutal roughing up job on Smith and somehow got away with it. No one played badly, but with Smith blocked out, we created very little through the middle. No joy down the flanks either till the second half. Only one team deserved the three points, but it wasn't to be. Lewis Fear underscore said, We can bitch and moan about the ref all day. He was a solid three and a half out of ten. But we had three chances we should have put away, so I'd say it's two points lost. But they had a game plan. Be rough, pull shirts, the lot. Old League 2 tactics. Should have put our chances away. End of. That's a good tweet, actually. When you yeah. put it like that, it's a decent tweet. Les yeah. OK52 says, What I want to know is, since when a shirt pulling become legal, unless referees penalise at early doors, they will feel emboldened to carry on. We played well without being able to finish. And if we continue making that many chances, most weeks, 
will score plenty. I think Kenny said something quite similar. If you keep yeah. getting those positions, they'll go in. You're at going some to go point. in. Yeah. yeah. Frank Beavers said frustrating day and a terrible ref. The unbeaten streak goes on. Better in the second half, but just couldn't put our chances away. Really impressed with Mitchell and Ogie at the back today as well. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell needs a good shout. That's to a good fair. point actually. Ogie will go and take the plaudits for always performing well. Yeah. Beckel's got a few. Alex Mitchell done very well again. Looks really solid. That's no coincidence that since he's come in. The clean sheets have started coming. Yeah, that's not a coincidence. I don't think it was Beckles' best game in an orange shirt, if I'm honest. I think there were no. times where he made mistakes or didn't read the game particularly well. And I think that that Shad intervention that we mentioned that, that sort of really drew attention to was just one. And I think the others just kind of went under the radar a bit. I, I don't think he had a his best game in an orange shirt. No, it wasn't shirt. his best game. It wasn't his best game at all. Orient Fan TV. So performances like today will happen this season. However, the only thing missing was a goal. Defence was rock solid again. Midfield battling all game. And the forwards unlucky not to score. The scores in the division went our way. So we remain in second. And Harry Shirt still being pulled now. Final word this week goes to our podcast sponsor, Big Ads LOFC, who said it wasn't our day, but we, but still we controlled the game and never looked troubled. On another day, you put in two or three in, but it just wasn't to be. Plenty of positives and respect the point. So those were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook on Twitter. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out, and let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook, or you can email us orient outlook at outlook.com we are on facebook if you want to give us a mention on facebook we are at orient outlook podcast we are also on instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast so i guess moving on now mr beard legend to yep. the carol langley prediction league update yeah let's do that then so there was only one correct prediction for this match so well done to our social media sponsor <laughs> who correctly guessed uh charlie underscore paul correctly predicted nil nil so you get Three points. So that means the top of the prediction league is as follows. Adam, you are still top mate on 16 points. That's Parksy, 1881. 15 points is Nino underscore Barone. 11 points, Tommy Atkinson, 6 and at Wadsey. So thanks to everyone for all your predictions. There were 100. It felt like there were 100 yesterday. My phone was hot. There were lots. Only one correct one. We've got some exciting prediction league competitions coming up now. So normally it would only be one prize for the overall winner. More prizes coming up on a monthly basis, courtesy of our wonderful new sponsors, Carol Langley. So indeed, John says, from next week, players with the most points each week will go into a draw uh, with a special draw that will be announced on the podcast at the end of every month. So make sure you do predict scores every game before the game the tweet normally goes out about three hours before all very simple just tweet yeah. us your score prediction and your predicted scorers and you can find yourself maybe in with a chance of getting an awesome prize so let's move on in to Sunday the 26th of September yep let's absolutely do that then so the ladies match is what we're going to cover very quickly now they were in fantastic form today if you don't already know they lined up against Upton Park uh, ladies, they were away. Uh, so the team lined up with uh, Julia Livy, uh, Zainab Almodin, uh, Nilifer Ibrahim, Olivia Warsfield, Grace Alexander, Bobby Ellison, Eve Pearson, Bianca Karadi, Zamina Malik, Tara Copeland, and Liliana Almeida. They had four subs in uh, Jess Musk, Harrow, Hussey, and Williams. Very well played there. Some tricky words, tricky no, names. No, well I'm good with that. So we'll go for this match very quickly. The O's took the lead in the 15th minute as Liliana Almeida scored to make it 1 0 and having been set up there by Tara Copeland, 
eight minutes later, one became two, and two became three in the 36 minute as Eve Pearson scored with an assist from Samina Malik, and 3-0 is how the half ended. So just three minutes into the second half, it was 4-0 thanks to an own goal, four became five in the 65th minute thanks to Jess Musk, Eve Pearson was at it again in the 70th minute as she scored on its sixth goal of the afternoon, Jess Musk got her second, and number 70 of the afternoon in the 82nd minute and went on to complete her hat-trick in the 94th minute with Orient's eighth and final goal of the match as the O's won 8-0. Well done, ladies. Superb there. Always love to see an Orient 8-0. Yeah. I think the last one I saw was Orient Doncaster Rovers many, many moons ago. Wow, that was a long time ago. Okay, so uh, as we mentioned earlier in the or at the top of the show, we are joined uh, by a very, very special guest this week, and it is rather late to be joining us on the phone. So thank you very much indeed for sparing us the time at the end of a long Sunday. Matt Porter, welcome back on the show. How are you, mate? I'm fine, chaps. How are you? All good. We are brilliant. We've just good. rounded up the ladies' uh, match, which if I you heard. haven't seen, they won 8 0. Yeah, it's a disappointing result for them, actually. Five five fewer than, than the previous game, so room for improvement there. <laughs> Matt, let's have your thoughts um, on yesterday's game. We've given ours. What, what kind of your takings away from yesterday's game? Um, I, I thought full credit to Mansfield. I thought they did a really good job on us. They were all very well organised, uh, very good defensively. They tried so hard. You know, they didn't really come to try and win the game. I think Danny Johnson touched the ball about twice. Uh, on another day, we score three or four. Uh, did Aaron Drinnen have two good chances? Rule Soteriu's header. Tom James, you'd have banked on him putting that one away. Um, did Theo have a go as well? You know, there was there was a few, wasn't there? And, and it, it really only would have only taken one because Mansfield were never going to score. Um, so it's just a, it's just a shame that it didn't go in. But to be honest, we're not going to win every game. But if we play like that in every game, we'll win a lot more than we lose. So you know, I thought um, I, you know, I, I thought. Yeah, you'd look at it and say it's two points dropped, but I don't think you could say it was a particularly bad performance. Yeah, and that's promotion, automatic promotion form as well if you if you do bury those chances. So, um, thoughts on the season so far? We're, what, nine games in now. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on how we're doing so far? We're obviously second in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty... Fortunately, that's a pretty straightforward question. You know, it's 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 good, isn't it? You know, we, we, we've started well. We've got a pretty much entirely new squad. Obviously, a pretty much entirely new football staff as well. Um, and everybody seems to have hit the ground running. You know, I mean, what, what Kenny and Joe Gallen have brought to the club is fantastic. That's, it's going to benefit the people around them. The players are thriving on it. Uh, I think the fans are loving it as well. And it's it's early days, but it's boding well for, you know, hopefully an enjoyable season. I think, we're, we're, you know, we're clearly capable of scoring goals um, and, and looking strong at the back. So, you know, there is obviously uh, a concern about perhaps how many senior players we've got. But that's not to say we haven't got a lot of confidence in the young lads as well, because a number of those have come on this year and, and, and progressed to become either regulars or, 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 you know, promoted to the bench on a regular basis. And that's not just because that's all that there is, because if Kenny didn't want them to be in and around the first team squad, we'd have gone out and got some more players. So he obviously sees potential in them, um, you know, and, it, and it'll just be interesting to see if and when, how, you know how many of them are called upon to play on a regular basis, but at the moment, I think with that sort of core of uh, squad in place, it, it started really well. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, and I think the fact that he is trusting 
the youth, like Shadrach Ogi, like Alex Mitchell, for example, uh, and giving Ruel a chance. I think uh, he must trust them. But obviously, you're privy to certain things that obviously us fans aren't. That, you know what goes on behind the scenes. And in, but in terms of the environment, the atmosphere of what you're aware of. Are there any remnant? Are there any similarities between our previous promotions? Say under, you know, when Justin, um, God rest his soul, had us. When Martin took us up. When Russell nearly took us up. Is there any any similarities? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of gone on record a few times and said that the, the the key component of all those three squads really was was the togetherness and the spirit and the attitude, perhaps more so than than necessarily the ability. You know, that's not to belittle the ability, but the um, the, 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 the way that those squads were moulded generated an extra 5 to 10% because of the character that was within them, because of the way the senior players led them, because of the way the kids developed, because of the way the forwards scored goals, because they had strong goalkeepers, all those sort of factors. Um, you know, so there are clearly similarities between um, those those squads and, and this squad. You know, they, they all had um, very, very capable managers, as we do now. Um, and, and they all had some some excellent players. You know what was what I found quite remarkable about our recruitment this summer was that the majority of the players were signed from the divisions above us. You know that's quite rare. Now even if they weren't necessarily regular starters at Championship or, or League One level, um, you know these are players who are signed to clubs at that level, so they're clearly competent players. Um, you know, and I think that was that, that's quite an interesting interesting point to consider. You mentioned, obviously, we signed a lot of players in the summer. There was loads of turnover. I think as fans, I think some of us were slightly disappointed when we were signing players who might not have had the best track record. So our expectations, I guess, might have been a bit lower than, than what they should have been. Well, I mean, what were your expectations going into this season, Matt? Um, well, we, were, we, all, we would always look to be in and around that top seven. You know, if you look in our two seasons back in the Football League, I think we were 17th where we were in the first year and then 11th mm. last year. Mm. And clearly you look to improve every year. You know, the budget's decent. Uh, we knew we had decent staff in place. We knew that we'd retain some good young players. And it was obviously a big boost when Lawrence Vigarou re-signed as well. Um, so although there was some high turnover... We were we were pleased with what we already had in in the building to coin one of Martin's phrases, and um, you know with, with, with the caliber of players that, that you sign, you know, I mean, we haven't even really seen him yet. But Paul Smith's a Northern Ireland international was playing for QPR, and QPR fans were disappointed they released him, you know, or, or let him go. So that's 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 not like a, a bargain basement you know sort of scrapping around at the last minute type signing, is it? You know, I mean Harry Smith's. A huge fan favourite already. Theo Archibald the same. Aaron Drinnen, um, you know, and and there's obviously going to be some some firepower in the squad. Um, so I, I think it's you know I think it's it's obviously got to, got to pan out, hasn't it? What have we had nine, ten games, um, but nevertheless, you know, I think it's going to be a season that, that hopefully hits our expectations, um, which is you know to come into into that top seven and give it a real good go at getting promoted. So we, we've talked about the the men's side of things. We have a quick question, a quick sort of really your views on the ladies' side of things. The club took the decision to to bring that all in house. We saw how that yeah. unfolded on social media. But but you know we asked for your views on the, their eight 0 win yesterday. But but generally they've started really well. What what are your views on the ladies' team and setup? Yeah, I mean, it was important for us to bring the ladies' team in house. You know, I'm not going to go into the details now, but regardless of some of the uninformed criticism that we got uh, it was the right decision and it will mean that the club has a stronger female football um, aspect going forward 
you know, we'll develop age group teams, we'll have college programs, we'll have soccer camps. For us, it was about more than just having a first team. It was about having opportunities for lots and lots of girls and women from the local community within our system with the opportunity to play structured, competitive, well, well-organised football. And that was the key component for us. So we, we kind of, we weren't too, you know, we, we knew we got some flack because we weren't, we, we, you know, we didn't stay with the, the club that had our name, but it was the right decision for us to make. Unfortunately, what wasn't the right decision was the decision of the FA to put us in the division that they put us in. Um, and, you know, without being blasé about it, I don't think those 13... One and eight nil scorelines are going to be uncommon this year. And we've had a lot of conversations with the FA about this and we've lost our appeal about what division we were going to be placed in. And we've already told them that the decision they've made is nonsense and it's going to unfortunately bear out that way because as much as we might look at it and say, oh great, we've won eight nil, if you're doing it every week, it's it's not kind of, you know, it's not kind of conducive to, to where you want to go. So, we, you know, we, I think we will... The, the, the team that we've put together is, is, is going to be too strong for the level that, it, that they're at. Um, and they're, they're good players. They've got a lot of good young players. Did you know Frank Clark's granddaughter's yeah, in the squad right. as well, which is, which is absolutely lovely, you know? Yeah. So... Um, there's, you know, there's there's a lot of talented players there. We've got some excellent relationships with Tottenham and West Ham in particular on the on their women's side, and we're, and you know we will look to to be to go back into what they call the promotion pool um, to to try to be be placed in a higher level of women's football for next season, and actually maybe in our first year of doing it ourselves with Olivia coming into you know as a full time member of staff to manage that side of things, it might not be the worst thing in the world that we have a year where we can try and implement some of our ideas. But but long term, you know, the, the future for women's football at Leighton Orient is is a positive a positive bright situation. That's great to hear, Matt. Yeah. You mentioned we've obviously mentioned Samara and a, a high amount of turnover. One of those players, uh, Theo Archibald, is turning rapidly into a fan favourite. Um, so basically, Matt, when, when are we going to sign him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's obviously not gone unnoticed that he's only on loan. Um, but you know, look, let's uh, let's not make it too easy for Theo. He's only had a few games. Let's make sure he plays well all the way through to Christmas, shall we? But no, look, jo- joking apart, he's a, he's a lovely lad. He's he's you know he's had something of a of a um, uh, uh, an up and down career so far. Obviously, played for some big clubs in like Celtic and you know the, the sort of the, the new incarnation of Brentford, and then found himself at Lincoln and struggling to get game time. So I think this is a really good opportunity for him. He really enjoys being in London. He's fitted straight into straight in with the fans I think it always helps when your name is also the name of the club mascot because it means that people can, rem- can remember it and sing about it so fair, fair play to him for, for pulling that one out of the bag but um, yeah he's, he's definitely someone on our radar and, and obviously you know Martin and Kenny will be doing the right thing I'm sure you know or trying to uh, once they've you know once the time is right so you know don't, don't um you know, don't think that the club isn't aware of the situation with him. Is there a worry, Matt, that he can get recalled? I mean, is there a recall option? We get asked this quite a lot, and we we, we can't answer it because we don't know. Is there is there a worry that that could happen? Is that an option? It, it, there's always recall options in loans. There's always recall options. You know, there are certain conditions attached to those recall options. But you know, don't, again, don't be under any illusions. If if Theo Archibald scores 15 goals and gets 12 assists for us between now and Christmas, and a Championship club phone up Lincoln and say. Yeah we want to sign him, you know, please don't think that that's not going to happen, you know, because football's football and you have to be realistic about things. But as I said, he's enjoying his time with us. He's hit the ground running. He's a fan favourite. He's great in the dressing room and on the pitch. So, um, you know, we're in a good position with where we are with him. Fantastic. 
Um, so we had quite a few questions that have come in on social media. I'm sure you've seen uh, most, if not all of them. Um, he'd kill us if we didn't ask this question. Our podcast sponsor asked if you want your house silicone rendered. Um, uh, two years ago, I would have done, but I've, yeah, no. <laughs> I think it'd be a shame to rip, uh, rip 18-month-old plaster out now. So no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him I'll give him a ring in a few years when the cracks start appearing. <laughs> and Charlie Paul, our social media sponsor, asked if you want to sell your house. Um, he'd be very happy to help you. But in, on a serious note, Charlie Paul asked us what your thoughts are on the new investors from the summer and how much does their arrival bridge the gap in the loss in revenue from last season? I mean, are the two even connected? Um, no, the two things aren't aren't really connected. You know, the the um, you know obviously the investment that that you know the, the two the two people we're really talking about here are Coley Parry and Nick Semica who've joined the board. Um, and Coley kind of represents a group of, of investors in in his in his business. So the the money that they've invested will clearly help the club from a cash flow perspective over the over the next few years. Uh, but it wasn't just used towards paying off last year's losses. That that wouldn't have been you know the the, the way it would, things would be done. So don't look at it necessarily too much from that point of view, and look at it more from what they can bring to the table going forward. And they're, they're both you know very experienced professionals, both with a lot of expertise in in different areas. Um, both you know showed a huge amount of commitment uh, to the cause already coming over for games. You know I went with um, with Nick, Danny, and, and Nigel to a Brentford match, which I have to say was very galling to see Brentford play in the Premier League and then win in the Premier League as well. Yeah. But it was still good to see their stadium and some of the things that they've they've done there. You know, and Nick went to Avery Barking the other night. You know, because he wants to learn more about English football Blimey. at all levels. So yeah. they're, they're you know they're great guys. They're, everybody's taken to them really well. They're loving coming over. Clearly, you know, international tra- travel is still somewhat challenging um, so you know Coley's sort of a little bit more based over here perhaps a little bit more regularly um, than, than Nick but they'll you know in the same way that Nigel and Kent do they'll both be over as much as they can and, and Rich as well of course and they both seem to have bought into to this uh, not finan- well, financially obviously but actually into everything that's going on about the club we, we've spoken to, to, to both uh, Coley and Nick um, you know face to face when we've met them but they both seem to really be keen to understand like I think you've alluded to it there the culture and what it's all yeah. about and so that that must be quite impressive as a as, as, as a board of directors that you're seeing these new investors come in and not want to go well actually we want to do it our way forget your traditions and whatnot but actually just to buy in yeah, I mean, and, and that that wouldn't really happen because obviously Nigel's the, the majority shareholder, and the you know no, no nobody you know nobody could question Nigel's credentials as a fan of the club, and clearly anybody who's coming in is is vetted and screened in terms of what you know what 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 would they want to bring to what what value would they add mm. um, you know and, and what would they look to achieve from their association with the club? So really, really nobody would sort of come in who was a bad egg, so to speak. Um, but you know, I think we're as a, as a club. I think we're quite likable. I think we've got character. We've got personality. We've got a good group of fans with a good sense of humour on the on the on the large part. Um, you know, not all, not everyone, That's but a most. Brave statement. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we're we're just a bit. You know, we're just a bit different, aren't we? We're you know we're in East London, which is quite you know it's, quite, it's again quite a characterful part of 
of the city. We're not like a bland town in the middle of nowhere, you know. And I, I just think if you look at it, it's easy for us because we're all from East London, aren't we? And we all sort of say, you, you know, we've grown up with it, this, that and the other. But you have to look at it from the perspective of an outsider. What appeals to them about Lake Norrin? You know, there's the story about Nigel and Kemp rescuing the club from nowhere going up we're losing justin you know how we've survived through covid and and also people can see the potential they can see that we're going to get five thousand plus fans at home on a saturday afternoon and that we've competed in league one successfully pretty recently so it's not a, a pipe dream to say that we can get back there again and once you're in league one you can get that 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 you know sort of promised land of the championship so people can see the pathway um, you know, we're 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 quite an appealing prospect, I think, for um, you know, for people uh, look, looking to make a venture into English football. Obviously, forget the fact that we lose millions of pounds. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just concentrate on the fact that we're that we're quite that we're quite a good, good bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, we're nice folks. Don't worry, you might not get your money back. But actually, that's quite an important point. Don't invest in football if you want to get your money back. <laughs> well, well, absolutely right, and it's it's a bit of a head scratcher that that the um, the investment round went as successfully as it did. So, how do you go about? No, it's, that's the thing. Them? Is that's the thing. Is it is from our point of view but it's not from an American point of view you know look at the investment that's coming into English football at the moment the majority of it is overseas and a lot of it is American you know there's a big appeal of English football to to American businessmen to American kids to American uh, businesses you know we we run soccer camps in America I'm going to call them soccer camps because they're in America there'd be football camps if they're over here but we'll call them soccer camps and hundreds of kids go and they love it and their parents love the fact that they're being coached by English coaches who are associated with an English football club i.e. us you know they don't care that it's not Chelsea or Arsenal or Spurs it's an English club you know and there isn't there's an appeal to that and that's quite hard um, for us to necessarily get our heads around, because you know, to us, we're you know what we you know we're in League Two, and there's loads of clubs who are bigger and this, that, and the other. But actually, that that sort of isn't quite as important when you look at it from a, a, a wider perspective. So I guess the obviously on Nigel's pitch deck, there wasn't a slide that says you know don't invest in British football if you want your money back or to make loads of money because it, it obviously doesn't work like that. So there's obviously more to it. Than just investing yeah, but, and getting a return on again, investment. Again, you know, you, you're transparent. You know, you don't try yeah. and you don't try and deceive people. You know, I mean, they get access to the books, so they can see. You know, these people aren't stupid. They can see for themselves that this isn't a, a quick a quick return on your money. Um, you know, only a, it only takes you five seconds on Google to find that out. So it's 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 about more than that. You know, it's about people wanting to be part of a journey that that takes us from where we are now to where we want to be. And obviously, we've spoken quite a lot about the investors and a few questions about you know funds being available in January if needed, and also kind of what what obviously you're investing into the playing staff and management with this investment. But but what else is planned with the investment? It's probably more a question for for, for Danny really because he, he's the one running the club on a day to day basis. But we would separate the the ongoing. Um, you know, financial requirements of running the football club on a day-to-day basis to any one-off capex kind of, uh, you know, projects. So things like the East Dam roof was hundreds of thousands of pounds to get that replaced. Mm. You know, that that, that sometimes you just need to write a big cheque. You know, I remember the last last thing I did as chief executive club was replace all the seats in the East Stand. Yes, I remember um, you that. Know, and I probably should have done it years before that, but I managed to get somebody else to pay for it, i.e. an Italian bloke. So <laughs> it, it was worth it was worth doing. But 
you know, every now and again, you just have to spend a, you just have to spend a big check. But what what you don't necessarily do is say to someone, right, you're investing this much money. This is what we're going to spend it on. You know, we're not going to go and say, right, thanks for your money. We're going to go and buy a new training ground with it, or we're going to go and become a category two academy with it, or we're going to go and spend half a million pounds on a centre forward with it, or, or whatever it is. You know, everything's sort of evaluated on its merits at the right time, and it's just good to know that that there is that that. Um, that those funds available and that little bit of support available um, if it's needed, um, but th- but that's separate from the sort of operational targets, which is to increase revenue and reduce the losses. Our prediction league and hero of the week sponsor John McIntyre asked, "Are you are we where you expected us to be at this stage of the season?" Uh, no, we're a little bit higher because I didn't think we'd start as well as we have done. I thought it might take a little bit longer to get everybody up to to full speed. But I thought we'd be I thought we'd be sort of I don't know fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. But I didn't think we'd necessarily be second. Although if you look at it, the margin between second and and sort of seventh is very tight, isn't it? So it'd yeah. be interesting to see how that pans out over the next few weeks. But, but yeah, we're, for me personally, this isn't a board perspective or a club perspective. We're, we're a little bit higher than where I thought we were going to be. And do you, sorry, go on, go on. I was just going to say that there was a follow-up. As a fan, I guess, are you sort of thinking that there are other teams that might be underachieving so far this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, Bradford started like a house on fire, didn't they? And it sort of faded away a, a little bit. Um, you know, Salford, you normally would expect to, to, to do well. Uh, Walsall seemed to spend a few quid in the summer. Mm. I mean, that might I might I might be wrong on that front, but I thought the signing of Josh Labadee in particular was a good signing. Obviously, they, they took Connor from us as well, but you know that, that's a sort of split split decision. But um, I don't know. There's a perhaps a couple of clubs. You know, nobody knew how Swindon were going to be. They're obviously a big club, um, but they they were coming out of a horrendous position. Um, so yeah, I mean. It's, there's always going to be a few but then on the flip side you've got a Harrogate who are probably overachieving as well yeah good point Harrogate I think taking most people by surprise Yeah. the occasional one sent us a tweet and he said I want to come to games on my electric bike is there anywhere safe to put it as I don't fancy its chances outside the ground for a couple of hours and Marshall Taylor has already replied to that one saying this is a great question and something we will speak to the council about so thanks for stepping in there Marshall with that one, I think. Do you know what the the council did give us some bike racks because <laughs> last year when we were watching games behind closed doors, there was a load of bike racks down one of the East End escape routes. And I said to Danny, "What are you going to do with them?" And he said, "I'm not really sure, but the council have given them to us, so we have. I think we have got some bike racks somewhere." But ask Danny that one. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Real CJ Fleck said, "Any news on the international fan club initiative?" Uh, again, that would be one. That would be one Danny for, for Danny. You know, I mean, he, okay. anything sort of operational now would fall under. Yeah. You know, Danny and his team. So Josh, Luke, Dan, Jake. You know, those guys would would be putting together those kind of par as well. They'd be putting together those kind of initiatives. So yeah, I'm not not swerving the question by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, you would need to point that at, at people who are perhaps more there on a day to day basis. Fair, fair enough. Willow Gaffer tweeted in. I'm going to read verbatim what what he tweeted. He said the club is progressing on the pitch perfectly so does Matt feel that the appointment of Kenny Jacket is solely responsible for this and that the role of Martin Ling has diminished in relation to his first team involvement no I mean that's so Martin's Martin's quite unique amongst directors of football I think in the football league in that quite a lot of his job is not necessarily related 
to the men's first team. Um, you know, a lot of it is, and the vast majority of it is, but a significant portion of his work is revolving around women's game, the academy, um, you know, things to do with the training ground, just, just different sides of, of the footballing uh, product at, at, at the football club. Um, Martin and Kenny knew each other, you know, I've known each other, you know, not not best mates, but they've known each other from the circuit, if you like, for, for a long time. So their relationship has clearly got off to a, to a good start. But Martin's still the one doing, going out, signing the players and, and you know, managing the budget and things like that. So, um, you know, and when I say signing the players, that's not players that the manager doesn't want. We've never done that. You know, we would never sign a player who the manager doesn't want to play because what's the point? Um, you know, but if Kenny identifies a player, Martin's job is then to go and get him. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I don't really know what, you know, there's a, people out there who like having a go at Martin and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's fine if they want to do that. But, you know, we, as a club, we're pretty comfortable with, with what he's doing for us. We got a uh, question from Les OK52. says, do you think, Matt, that taking a knee is losing its meaning, especially as Mansfield refused to do it yesterday? Oh, did they? I, don't, I missed the first minute yesterday because of the traffic on Oliver Road. So that's, that's news to me. Yeah, um, I, I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. Is it... Is it, is it yeah. Is it is it losing its meaning? Uh, do you know what? It's not the meaning. Is that the meaning is there to show what, what the football industry believes? You know, in inequality and 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 that discrimination is wrong. For me, it's more a question of what happens when um, acts of discrimination occur, and if they're not dealt with properly, then it undermines the process for me. And the process isn't just taking the knee. The process is everything from kick it out to all the education programs, to everything that goes on around social media companies not taking responsibility for their own platforms and all of that sort of thing. So until there are proper punishments meted out, I mean, I was, bizarrely, I was in Budapest. I went to the Hungary v England match, the one that there was no England fans at. And, you know, you've got uh, one end of the stadium treating, you know, just scandalous behaviour. And then you've got, you know, the Hungarians sat around me saying how embarrassing it was and it was, you know, it brought shame on their country and, th- and things like that. And then you see the fine and the fine's 150,000 quid and one game behind closed doors. And you think, well, none of the people who, um, who, 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 uh, who behaved badly that night have really been punished there. You know, there's no, no one, they're not going to care. They get to miss one game, might not have gone anyway. You know, they haven't got to pay the fine. Hungarian FA w- won't be able to take action against them individually because they won't bother to identify them. And, you know, if thing, even if they could, they probably couldn't prove it and things like that. It just doesn't really go anywhere, does it? That's the problem. Until they come up with a way of properly deterring people from acting in that disgusting way, then... How is it, you know, whatever gesture players make, how is it ever going to really, you know, have the desired impact? For me, the punishment has to fit the crime. And and at the moment, I think people, too many people get away with it. Yeah, well said. Um, We had a question from from Cliff Weston who who asked about Kenny's, Kenny's contract, but actually perhaps it's slightly broader question in the sense that we know Kenny's on a one year rolling contract. Can, can you help give some insight as to why it's a rolling contract rather than, say, like a traditional two-year contract? So the, the, the duration of the contract is kind of irrelevant. What, what really matters is the termination period on either side, whether the manager chooses to leave or the club decides to make the manager leave. 
So it's a bit like, do you remember when Alan Pardew signed an eight-year contract at Newcastle yes. United? Yes. It didn't really matter. If that was an eight-year contract with a month's notice paying him off, it didn't really matter. It might as well have been an 88-year contract. You know, because the contract's never going to run down to its final day anyway. It'll be dealt with by either the club or the, you know, the club and the manager beforehand if they want to retain them. Um, and if they don't want to retain them, it's very unlikely they're going to sack them on the last day. So, you know, don't read too much into the duration of the contract. That doesn't mean that Kenny's only going to be with us for 12 months. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it rolls it's... On. it's it, it, it means that he's, he's solidly signed up to the football club. You know, I mean, I obviously can't go into too much detail about someone's personal employment yeah. situation, but it's not, you know, as I say, it, it's not just a question of saying, all right, well, he's only signed for 12 months. You know, that, that isn't the case. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a very solid contract. And, and also, you know, Kenny's the sort of guy, he's such an honourable guy. You know that he's, he's a, you know, and he's old school as well. So it's like a handshake. Is you know, is his contract sort of thing. So it's, um, yeah, it's not a position to be to be concerned about. So that no, but but there isn't. So there's not really much of a difference between a rolling contract and a. We've offered a two-year contract, for example. It, 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 there's no. Yeah, real I mean, difference. The, no, the, the, the two. As I say, the two-year contracts. If you signed a, if you signed a two-year contract today, it would expire on the 25th of September. 2023. Yeah. But if there was a termination clause of one month in that contract, you could be sacked tomorrow and you'd only get one month's money. Yeah. So that two year contract might as well be 22 years. Yeah. Or, you know, two months or whatever. It, do, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't mm. really matter because before the 25th of September 2023, either the club would have said, Are oh, you doing a great job? Let's extend your contract, or you're not doing a great job. We're going to get rid of you. Here's your here's your here's your check. So you know, as I say, the, the end dates of, of of the manager's contracts are are very rarely the most relevant part of them. Cool. Thank you for that. Very much appreciated. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we're not particularly au fait with, so it's always good to hear from someone yeah, no who problem. is. Yeah. And just to finish, then Matt. Well, obviously, we sit here second in the table, nine games in. It's all looking very good at the moment. What what's your message uh, for the O's fans out there? I, 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 do you know what? I'm really pleased that everybody's been able to come back properly to a, a good team, you know, to an entertaining team that's committed, scoring goals, winning games. And I think the fans have responded to that. You know, yesterday, it might have been easy for people to be disappointed, but they still saw the effort that had been put in and how close we came to winning the game. So, you know, I'm really pleased. It was it was difficult watching last year. Nothing to do with the 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 team, nothing to do with winning, losing or drawing. It's difficult watching football in an empty stadium. You know, it was it was fa- it was fascinating, but it was also really, really difficult, you know, and and I, I do feel for people who had their um, you know, their sort of Saturday afternoon pilgrimage or whatever taken away from them. And watching, you know, my brother made a good point about he, he was watching most of our games on the streaming last year and he said, when you're watching on the streaming you're watching, you're not sitting there chatting with your mates, you're not checking your phone, you're not looking around, you're not standing up and singing. You know, you're watching every single pass and every single ball and and, it, and mistakes are magnified and you get more frustrated and you think it's worse than it actually is and and things like that, you know. And, and I do feel for, you know, 99.9% of people who would normally come to our games that they weren't able to do so last year because ultimately we all go 
And although we all get disappointed when we don't win, we all know that that's part of it and we go again anyway. So it's, it's not like some, you know, big Chelsea or Man City where people go, oh, you didn't win, there's rubbish, I'm glad I didn't go. You know, Orient fans, we go, it's what we do and we, and we get behind the team and, and, you know, as long as they try, try and do their best, we're all right with it most of the time, you know. So I think... It's great now that people have got the opportunity to come back, and yeah, there might be a few, you know, a few things that that's still being worked on around the club to to properly um, give everybody the best Saturday afternoon that they can be doing. But ultimately, it's just great to see people back in numbers uh, and being rewarded by a team that cares that cares for what they're doing and cares for the fans and, and is putting performances in. Amazing, Matt. That is it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for giving up. About thick end of half an hour yeah. this late on a Sunday evening. Very much appreciated. Never a problem. Thanks, Look forward chaps. to seeing you soon. Take care, buddy. Thank See you, you soon. Take care. Bye, Bye now. Bye-bye. So that was Matt Porter live on the phone. Half past ten on a Sunday. So like Paul said, a massive thank you to Matt for making the time on this Sunday evening to talk to us at Orient Outlook Podcast. And it's probably now it's time to start wrapping this bad boy up at an hour and 15 minutes. So let's do a fantasy football update. So at the time of recording... Connor Monk is top of the Orient Outlook podcast Fantasy Football League on 446 points. He's just one point ahead of Tyler Osborne in second place on 445 points. I'm currently struggling in 239th place. Like most people, had Ronaldo as my captain <laughs> yesterday. Thank you for that. Ronaldo out of 315 players. So time then to move on to positives and negatives of the week. I think um, I did positives last week, so why I don't think you... you're right. Okay, positives. Another clean sheet for Lance Vigru. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's got his season, but he's got quite a few, so it's always nice to see. Secondly, I guess depending on how you look at this, we did create a number of chances that we just didn't take. So the positives are the chances we created, and the last positive, a great spot by Mister Levy, unbeaten in September. So in September, we've played five, we've won three, and drawn two. So currently unbeaten. In September, things you love to see. Mr Levy, I'll let you do the negatives in. Yeah, fine. So Tom James's fifth yellow card means he's suspended for the Port Vale game. Um, I'm going to put it down as a negative. We had a bit of a, a, a conversation about this before we started recording, but not getting a penalty decision in the referee's performance yesterday is a negative uh, for us. And I think the third one that we can pick up on just to balance it out yeah, is, is the, the chances that we didn't put away yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. So three positives, three negatives, and that leads us nicely on into the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. So the nominations were Omar Beckles, Shadrach Ogi, Tom James, and Fear Archibald. This one went on Twitter for 24 hours. We had 193 votes. Quite a low voting week this week on the Orient mm. podcast. The winner, though, with 52% of the vote, and I believe taking this award for the third time already this season, which is quite frankly ludicrous, Outrageous. is the one and only... Young maestro, Shadrach Ogi. So well done, Shad. Takes it again. 52% of the vote smashed it. So next week's fixtures in. Yeah, let's move on then. So it's just the one game. We're on the road. We're going to spend a lot of time on the road <laughs> next month. We are off to Port Vale on Saturday, the 2nd of October. They're fourth in League Two. They're just one point behind us. They seem to be hitting a bit of form at the moment as they've won four and lost one of their last five games. They beat Scunthorpe 1-0 away. Uh, yesterday, so it won't be an easy game. Always when we play Port Vale, I always say watch David Worrell. He's such a good player at this level. Everything they do goes through him and most of the time. Right. And I think Conlon yesterday scored their goal uh, and cleared them off the line. Bit of an old grafter. Bit right. like our Prattley. Be a difficult game, but hopefully we go there and we take the points. So before we round this up and close it down, sponsorship reminder, don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook 
or go on Instagram or visit Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for this episode number 258, a game that most thought would be a home win and another three points. It actually turned out to be much harder than we expected as Mansfield came, were organised and made themselves very hard to beat. We have plenty of chances though to take all three points but we just weren't clinical enough. It doesn't come any easier though as we spend four out of seven games in October away from home and first up we'll be off to an informed Port Vale as we've just mentioned. Kenny Jackett has said in his post-match interview that he'll have Paul Smith back and Adam Thompson is going to be joining him with training very soon. So sooner rather than later we think he'll have a fully fit squad to choose from giving the O's more options with the squad and hopefully making an impact on the pitch. And as always we'll be right here to talk you through everything that's been happening at Orion yeah we certainly will so if you're listening on iTunes please subscribe give our podcast a five star review on whatever platform you're getting your podcasts from and if you're listening on SoundCloud Spotify tune in and Stitcher add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded we are also on all smart speakers and we are also on Fan Hub which is a brilliant fan engagement tool that we've been plugging on our social media so go and have a look at that and if you want to join get a code from us and if you have an older relative a loved one or an orange chum who you think will like the podcast, grab their phones, download an episode for them, and please pass on the pod. A massive thank you, like we said, to Matt Porter and to Always Luke great value. Interview. Yeah. Always great value, Matt. Was superb. Gave some great views and explained a lot of uh, things, hopefully, that fans will hopefully get a bit more calm about, a bit more. Yeah. A bit more we did have some questions that we didn't ask Matt, but they were seemed to be more appropriate for someone like Danny Macklin, for example. So apologies to those that did ask questions, put questions that we didn't ask, but yeah. we will try and get some answers for yeah, you. Yeah, things like the ticketing system and, and other areas about the, you know, the atmosphere of in-ground, I think that's probably all to do with Danny, Danny Macklin. Yeah. So when we get Danny back on, we will be taking your questions on that one so we'll be back with episode 259 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's Set.